This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I want to talk today about family matters. And um, I announced it last week. It was heavy in my heart. I do believe that God wants us to to go through uh, and this is still in keeping with our theme on spiritual intelligence as i start i want to say this every growing vibrant household will have room for collaborative growth as well as disagreement and discord you'll always be as long as we come together as long as there's a community of people coming together, there'll always be room for contention. And God's greatest gift to the earth is that of family. I mean, he, in Genesis, you will go and find that he's creating the old, old earth and he keeps the, the best for the last. He keeps his whole creation to give the earth as a gift to Adam and Eve. And he says to them, I've loaded you for this earth. I have blessed you to live on this earth. Inside of you is all you ever need to live on the earth. He said, be fruitful. Multiply. That actually means have families and live together and enjoy what I've given to you. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. And he's given it all to, to families. But I told you last week that the devil also has an agenda. And he is to kill, steal, and destroy. As a matter of fact, you know, I was uh, uh, thinking even, even when you look at what's going on, especially in KwaZulu-Natal, I want you to at all times look for the signature of the devil on what's going. If you see killing, if you see stealing, and if you see destruction, you must know that it's the signature of the enemy. Are we together this morning? So God's greatest gift is families. And I like what the psalmist says in one, one, Psalms 133 verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. And brethren is used in the context of family, brothers. Uh, he could have said for people to live together. But he said, for brethren to dwell, for families to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commands his blessing and he also gives life forevermore. You should clap your hands if you agree with me this morning. If there's no amens and no clapping of hands, I feel all alone in this, in this house. I'm not sure whether you're for me or you're hating on me. I would hope that you are loving on me. So every person that shouts amen, and then, you know, I like to know, feel that we have some love in the house. Are we together this morning? I feel you. I rise to tell you this morning in case you forget, and I'm going to talk about different themes. Don't sleep on me. I'm going to talk about different themes. You've got you to find out what theme pastors talk. I'm going to talk about sibling rivalry. I'm going to show you jealousy in operation. I'm going to show you murder inside of families. 
But in this slide, I want to show you that God wants you to dwell in unity. Somebody say unity. Say again with me, unity. You must know that inside of a family, your coming together brings you into interaction. And your interaction is because, our interaction is because we love, because we care. But inside of that loving and that caring, um, how do we put it? Have you ever played board games together as a family? And I know that you played during uh, the lockdown. Have you ever played 30 seconds and played without fighting? I'm not sure about you, but have you ever played Monopoly and traded money with your wife underneath the... Some of you, 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 you're so, so competitive, you'd never want your husband to win, and so you always, uh, uh, whatever move they make, you want to take them out, not only in real life, but <laughs> the board game is the best. But where there's collaboration and the game, you play the game because you love, love brought you together, but inside of being together, there will be butting of heads. But in the end, I want to tell you as it is with life too. Everything goes back into a box. I saw it in funerals. No matter what they drove, what they stayed in. But at the end of life, everyone goes back into a box. Unity should be the benchmark of every family that's present here. Are we together this morning? So the goal is, although we can disagree, right here we agree that we are going to disagree. We walk out and say, there will be disagreements. But before the sun goes down, we will resolve our disagreements. That's what families do. Every house has its own drama. You come to my house, we got our dramas too. And the Bible is full of drama. As a matter of fact, you can read Genesis. Uh, it's, it's full of families and drama. Uh, in David's household, David is the king and Tamar is, is his daughter. Tamar is virgin and virtuous. And the half-brother, half-brother, rapes her and the father does nothing next week is father's day i'll speak about the responsibilities of fathers duties of us fathers so we'll pick up this theme it's going to flow next week as well are we together this morning in genesis chapter number 38 whoo if you're looking for if you like days of our lives and all of those this story will really intrigue and interest you it's mystique is there I mean, from a, from a father trying to marry off his daughter-in-law to finally sleep into her and being tricked by her as a prostitute to sleep with, with him so that his seed can come into her. This is going from chaos to cosmos. 
You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm saying some of your drama, what is intended for bad, God will turn it around for you. Good. You think this is serious and it's happening to you and you can't understand why it's going on in this, in this chaotic stage. But God will turn, turn, turn things around from chaotic to cosmotic, if there's such a word. In the story of Genesis 38, Judah has three sons. And uh, uh, the first one is Ur, the second one is Onan, and the third one is Shelah. And he finds a woman for her called Tamar, and he's trying to get her married off to Tamar, and he successfully does, but they don't have, he doesn't have children with her. The father is so interested in the cultural streaming of bloodline, and the fathers, and I'll talk about it again next week, the fathers are here to maintain culture. And the father is trying to maintain culture and trying to tell the boy that you must have a child and produce after your kind. So there's an, an heritage to our bloodline. He's gonna, you're going to carry our surname. But the boy doesn't do that. And God sees it as a sin and God takes him out. You can go read the Bible. And so the father says to the second son, it's not good that we don't have an, an heir. H-E-I-R. He says, go and sleep with your, with your sister-in-law. The boy doesn't object at first, but as he's sleeping in verse 9, it says, uh, in their sexual intimacy, he emits his semen onto the ground. Because he doesn't want the inheritance to go to his sister-in-law's family. I'm talking about rivalry, yeah? I'm talking about family discord, yeah? Each brother thinking about his own inheritance rather than seeing for the family putting himself first. I'm talking sibling rivalry here. Yeah? And verse 9, the Bible says, God saw what he did was wrong and God took him out. The young boy is too young. Shela is too young. He's not even in, in puberty stage. And so there's no other alternate. But Tama also understands that there must be an heritage. She's carrying a seed inside of her. And so she redresses herself as a prostitute, parks herself on the way that her, her father-in-law is going to travel. I told you it's an interesting story. Look at you, how you're looking at me. <laughs> she dresses and she goes onto the highway and uh, Tama is having a man moment when he sees her. She makes a move. Because that song Shalima, Shalima says, make that move right now, baby. <laughs> so she makes a move on her, on, on, on her father-in-law. And he's having a man moment. He looks on her and she says to him, if you give me your rod, your staff, and your, and your ring in exchange, you don't have to give me any other thing. And she takes that and keeps it with her. And she sleeps with him. On that day, she falls pregnant. And she bears twin babies. Out of that relationship. Cut a long story short. Perez and, and Therese. I think it is. Per hmm? yeah, Perez and Zira. Zira. Zira means sperm by the way. Perez and Zira. These are twins. Perez becomes the great, great grandfather of David 
And David becomes the lineage for Jesus Christ, your Savior and my Savior. Out of chaos, God will turn the cosmos around. I rise to encourage families this morning who is going through so much of trouble. But in the end, your trouble is with purpose. Every family must fight it. Every family must go through what you're going through. But don't get stuck in the valley of the shadow of death. He said, yea, though you walk, I can't hear you. Yea, though I walk, what? Through the valley of the shadow of death. This morning, I want to use Joseph as a case study to talk about families. Uh, there too, there's a huge family. Joseph's family. And Joseph's family is birthed through hardship. But it has a destiny of greatness. Ah, I was going to say it a little later, but every family has histories. But never allow the history of your family to affect the destiny of your family. Every family has destiny. Your place, your family lineage, your family lines. Uh, and, and I see how sometimes I talk to some people, how they hold dear to their surnames, especially the guys with the two O's in the end. And the O's in the centers. All these O's are so proud of their tribes. Moodleys. Naidus, they're quick to tell you it's with the O, not with the U. Are we together this morning? Jacob has a lineage and is, it's, is, is tricked by his father-in-law. If you want to see where the cause of the trouble is, it's by the father-in-law. Sometimes, and I'm a father-in-law as well, sometimes we behave with the best interest of our children at heart, but we don't understand how we may be affecting that particular household. Forgive us for the interference. We only have good, I got two son-in-laws in the house, so I'm just trying to get a good gift for Father's Day. <laughs> but we only have good intention, but we find that Jacob's father-in-law has good intention. Instead of marrying off the younger girl, he gives off first the older girl, which is Leah instead of Rachel. Man, did that cause trouble. One small decision with good intent can cause so much of trouble. The intention was good, but the trouble was enormous. Jacob has four children that belongs to Leah. She later bears more sons and daughters. And Leah has seven children from an unwanted marriage. I'm not sure how much he unwanted the marriage, but to have seven children. <laughs> the last two of Jacob's children belongs to the wife that he really loved, Rachel 
in between, you will find that uh, Leah's maids and Rachel's maids are given in competition to fight the battle for the hidden sperm. And so out of this in-between comes Bilah's two sons and Zilpah, Leah's maid, she produces two sons. It's as if like tit for tat. Go in for it. I rise this morning and advise us, and I hope this is not received in an in a ill way, but I want to just speak from this and say that multiple marriages with children tied to it presents its own challenges. If you are going to go through this, navigate it through, navigate through this with a lot, with a lot of prayer. And you need much grace. I'm not sure how some of you manage it with two wives. But it's hard even with one wife. And so if you have to, uh, in life, and I'm going to talk about how to handle these troubles, you don't fight it. You travail till you prevail. And that's what I'm trying to show you. There are some things that you are going to, to, be, to, be, to come, come up as, as a family. My, my point in this is to teach you how to travail through it until you prevail in it. It's, it's very hard, but travail in prayer is what you need. There are certain things that you do or don't do that will open up the spiritual portal to your bloodline. I want you to understand that this morning. Your actions will open up a spiritual portal for your bloodline to fight. You can increase the warfare on your children. Let the Lord minister to you on that. Romans 13 verse 13 speaks about, and I'm, and I'm still on Joseph's family. And Joseph now, sorry, Jacob now births 13 children. One is a girl, and so he has 12 children. Inside of this 12 children, uh, two children come from the latter end of the woman that he loves, which is Rachel. And he produces Benjamin and Joseph. You must understand that the other 11 sons, or 10 sons, have their eyes on these two boys. And it's so sad that these two boys come in the end. And these 10 have them on their radars and rivalry, sibling rivalry starts because you from that mother and you from this mother and the rivalry starts so much so that from the point of his birth, the brothers want to kill him. Watch for the treacherous signature of the devil in families because the first, the first murder in the Bible is patricide or fratricide. Fratricide is brother killing brothers. It's a spirit. The Bible says now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children. 
it's dangerous when a father shows um, love for one child. Uh, not only father, it's, it's just dangerous in families. That's why if we buy a bicycle for one grandchild now, we've learned, you'll have to buy a bicycle for the second grandchild. You can meet, meet it out in birthdays or whatever, but you've got to match, you've got to balance that money. If you have a thousand rands, don't spend it all on that one child. Split it, make sure the bicycle costs 500 and 500. Are we together this morning? Because what you do or what you don't do can start a war in your family. Your actions can start bloodline rivalry. Even once you're dead, that spirit will still fight it. Are we together this morning? And so Joseph puts a coat of many colors on his one son. It's very difficult to, to live a life and not show your preferences. And so contention starts. I want to talk about a contentious spirit. When something on them or when on something on you provokes something in you. When something on the brother provokes something in the sisters. Are we together this morning? You start to provoke envy, jealousy, strife. The things about envy, jealousy, and strife, it can't be seen, but it can be felt. And so I like to consider atmospheres in a home. And fathers and mothers must be sensitive to the atmosphere in the home. And pick up why is, is there rivalry? Is there, and sometimes you don't see it manifesting in the way you, you think it should be, but it's there. And what we, what we see is when, you, when people have an uh, envious spirit, it's lying dormant. And then all you need is one thing to trigger it. And then it, it blows up. The issue is not the issue. But the issue is with the underlying spirit that's inside and it's inside of your home. You need to address it. Envy. Jealousy. Contention. And these brothers, they, 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 they were contentious. They, they had Joseph on their radar. Ask me how I know that. Thank you. The Bible says, one day they saw Joseph coming from afar off. Coming from where? Afar off. Their scanners picked him up. They had radars. They had a spirit waiting for a moment. It's not a now trouble. It's a, it's a 16, 17 year old trouble. The trouble that manifested is not a now trouble. It's a contentious spirit that was already inside of them. They waited for a, the right moment. Contentious people always have people on their radar waiting. 
they are like these policemen that are sitting on the N3 freeway. <laughs> waiting. And suddenly you're speeding. It's not you are suddenly speeding. They have been waiting. <laughs> One day they stopped me. And the guy said, yes, sir. I've been waiting for you all morning. I said, sorry, sir, that I took so long to come. <laughs> spirit of contention. I pray that you will deal if there's a spirit of contention. And I, the, you, you know, the spirit of contention is sensual. Ask me what is sensual. It produces feelings. And if you live with the spirit of contention, because it's so sensual, some of you fall in love with feeling that, that feeling of contention. And some people, because it's so sensual, they live on it. They thrive on it. If there's no contention going on in their family, they miss it. So much so when, when the family issue is resolved with you, they look for your brother. They look to move it to your father. They must have some drama in their life or their life is empty. Contentious people with a contentious spirit because it's so sensual, they are empty without it. And so uh, each family must have one drama queen. When I use Joseph as a, as a, as a contentious people are always looking for blood. So they stripped Joseph of his coat. They killed a, an animal and they soaked the coat in blood. Contentious people are always looking for blood. They are never satisfied until the blood flows. If you are contentious in your life, you will not always have the joy. The symptom of contentiousness is always walking around with anger. They're never happy. Contentious people are always carrying something. You greet them, they say, good morning. They say, what is so good about the morning? Are we together this morning? There's contentious people always have an aura of anger. Their face displays it because they have not at peace inside of them. So they're always on this high alert moment. How are we together this morning? Oh, you know why? They're always looking for they're always looking for blood. I pray that the spirit of contention guard your heart inside of a contentious house. The day you are proved, I'm moving on, God will elevate you. Are we together this morning? Now, those are Joseph's brothers. 
But Joseph also has a reaction. And sometimes when life is treating you bad, the temptation is to become bad like them. That's the temptation. You say, let's fight fire with fire. But sometimes the Bible says, whenever there's contention, remove the wood. And the fire will die. The Bible says, remove the fuel and the fire will stop. If you are dealing with contentious people always, you can't go on and pursue the argument. Remove, remove yourself. In the story of Joseph and, and his brothers, God shows you how he'll remove. He removes Joseph. They put him in the pit, but God was removing them from the brotherhood of ten. And placing him where he would go. So he would bring his brothers as a posterity. God, you meant it for evil. But God turned it around. And God was going to deal. You know, when you're going through something. And uh, when, 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 when the spirit, this, the spiritual warfare is taking place. If God just leaves you to your own, you will do what they did. They tried to kill him. Sy symbolically, they killed him. In reality, he was going to take them out. So God removes him. And God, I, I, like, I want to go to the scripture. Psalm 105 verse 17. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. The, the storyline is that He's going to take this guy who, who his family hates, but he's going to bring his whole family of 70 out. But he sends one man ahead. You never know who in your family is there for your salvation. When a famine is coming, you don't know the very person that you're fighting is actually going to fight for you. Don't kill the one that God has given for your preservation and for your destiny. You may hate him now, but he's there. God put him there for you, to preserve you for your destiny. And I'll talk about it next week. Don't hate on your father because he's not your friend. He's your father. And that's why you have fathers and you, 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 I'll talk about it next week. Many fathers want to be friends. And there's nothing wrong with being friends. But there is something that fathers are carrying that friends can't give. And one of the greatest things about a father is that he's the keeper of order. In your life. Your the premium you place on order in your life determines the greatness of the blessing you receive. Write it down because God just tweeted. The premium you place on order in your life determines the greatness of the blessing you get. Fathers. My father was a stern man. I don't think... I can't remember too much of humor, but I do remember a lot of correction. When I go to heaven, I'm going to run to him. I'm going to hug him and kiss him for the order 
he placed in my life. For the discipline he instilled. We didn't have long hours, but fathers, hate on them as much as you want. But there'll come a time where you say, that man was there and he kept me in order. It took Joseph 14 years to go through family rejection. 14 years. But in one day, God turned all of that because Joseph kept a pure heart. I want to tell you this morning in your family, whatever you're going through, guard your heart. Guard your heart. And families are just not children. I'm talking about husbands and wives. Marriages go through such strain. Marriages. But guard your heart inside of that marriage. Appreciate those that God has connected you to. Your marriage didn't happen just like that. For every man, God has ordained a person. Maybe you don't, you're not happy where you are. You'll have to endure because God has brought whom God has put together. Let no man put asunder. So in one day, Joseph is given the keys to the kingdom, is given authority, is given rulership, and is given a wife. Are we together this morning? Now, Joseph gets to be introduced to his brothers 14 years later. Enter the 10 brothers who put him in a pit who soaked his coat in blood, who told his father, their father, that he's dead. They wiped him out of the memory of the father. Enter the ten brothers in the same room with Joseph. What would you do? Having remembered all things, and you are now in power, And you have a sword in your hand. And Joseph is carrying this thing inside of him. I'll tell you what's his reaction because God dealt with him. This is how you need to deal. He first speaks the language of commerce. Some people like this language. The language of commerce is gifts. There's five different languages people speak. One of the languages gift. If that's the language of your wife, no matter how much you tell her you love her, if you don't go home with a milky bar or a Kit Kat or something, she doesn't understand that you love her. Because her language is gifts. Flowers, whatever, right? Hallelujah. And ben, you, you, you cut that amen. And that's the language people speak of gifts. So Joseph understands his brother's language of commerce. And so he sends his brothers first to his father. He packs wheat and he packs, he puts a gold cup inside the, the wheat. Speaks about communion, cup 
and bread. Communion brings families together. You should not forsake having the wheat, the bread, and the cup together in families. Especially when you are, when you are breaking ice with the family and, and things are not going too well. You, you can stop in a moment and say, let's pause and let's have communion together. It's a nice way to break hostility. Joseph does that with his brothers. He gives them a bag of wheat and he puts the cup inside of that hidden wheat. Uh, and, and, and symbolically what he's doing is he says, go and give my father communion. And bring my father back. I want to hit on something this morning. I'm not hitting at you. I'm just hitting on something of how to deal with remorse. How do you handle your depression so that your depression does not filter into your family and hurt your family? Because hurting people hurt people. Joseph is so depressed. He's got PSP, PTSD from the pit. That's, that's my... That's all. He's got post-traumatic stress disorder from the pit. Anybody who tries to kill you and put you into the pit and then they bring you out again, you'll have the same post-traumatic stress. And the people who did it will trigger that, that moment in you when you see them, the PTSD is going to come out. And you'll want to, to do to them what they did to you. Are we together this morning? So he's depressed. He's going through post-traumatic post stress disorder. And now he's introduced to his family. You know what Joseph does? And this is for all the people that are going through silent depression. These are, this is for all the people who are going through anxiety. Whether it's family anxiety or whatever anxiety. Whatever you're suffering from, here's a lesson. Joseph goes into his room and he cries he deals with his heart with God until God deals with his heart in that room and he does not come out until he is healed the atmosphere of God is joy to produce strength write that down the atmosphere of God is, that's why he said to Nehemiah, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't know what is your source of joy, but my source of joy is to hold it. And then as the songwriter said, take it to the Lord in prayer. I present to you a solution for the disharmony, the discord, the rejection, the things that you are going through. You cannot say you're a Christian and then still want to fight the battle on your own. Ah, we weaken heavy laden. Come, bid with the load of care. Pray, 
precious Savior, still my refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's the thing for all of you, God haters. Do thy friends despise, forsake you. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find a solace there. Blessed Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Joseph spends time regurgitating everything he was taught in his church. What you are taught today is not for today. David kills Goliath, but that sword that God put in, in his hand is for a future battle. When he's going through a future battle, He's looking for a weapon and he goes to the priest and he says to the priest, do you have any sword in the house of God? He goes to, where does he go to, to have a solution to his problem? He goes to the house of God. He doesn't go to the armory. He doesn't go to the weaponry where people use those weapons to fight their natural battle. For the battle is not yours. For the battle is the Lord's in your family these are not my enemies but we wrestle not against flesh and blood against principalities and powers and when you want to solve it you go to the house of God ask God to deal with my heart heal my heart Joseph goes into his room and he says God I'm dealing with this issue deal with my heart Heal my heart. Instead of killing his brothers, he's restored in his heart. And when he's done crying, and when God heals his heart, he opens his doors, and he goes to his brothers, and he says, I am Joseph. I am your brother. That which you meant as evil in my room, God has turned it around for good. You're bad, my good. You're bad. What you meant for evil, God has turned it around. He says, now don't worry. This thing. And he starts, uh, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And you know what his brothers do? I know it's COVID, but can I use you? Come on, stand here. And they start to cry and they hold each other and they cry spiritual tears and in that atmosphere 
I want to talk to those people that, are, that cry. Tears are a spiritual sign of remorse. It's not a, a sign of weakness. It's actually strength. I want to tell you this morning that when you cry inside an atmosphere like this, when you are led to cry, it's not emotion, it's spirit. Tears I've learned is not, is not weakness. Tears is spirit. And that's why you can walk into an atmosphere and you can feel like crying. You, you sometimes, you, you're overwhelmed. You must cry. Don't worry about who's, because that is what will produce the healing that you need. Thank you, son. Are we together this morning? Spiritual tears generally accompany remorse and produces reconciliation. I'm almost done. When Joseph deals with his brothers, and he does it right, because if he had to kill his brothers, A family is not distributed with everything in one person. A family is, has different distributions. So one is carrying the, one is a Levite. He's carrying the priesthood. The other is Judah. He's carrying kingship. The other is the sons of Eshekah. They carry wisdom. Have you ever seen the movie Blue Bloods? And how they come around the table every night just to, just to, just to chat. But inside of the chatting, they're talking about the prosecutor is there. The head of the police, he's there. The detective, he's there. And each one is carrying something for the state of New York. Families have not one gifting in all persons. Families have a distribution of giftings. One is carrying priesthood. One is carrying wisdom. One is carrying kingship. If Joseph killed Judah, there'd be no Jesus. Because out of Judah comes David. Out of David comes Jesus. If there's no Jesus, you're not going to heaven. All of us have a no place to go to. So be careful how you handle families. You may not need them now. But one of them is going to bail you out. Keep calling him, him Anna. Keep calling her Akka. Because whoever you disrespect, out of them you will never attract. Let me say it again. You never know who you will need. One day Anna will be so blessed, all the gold will be in his hands. And he'll be rescuing you. But you will never attract what you disrespect. Honor. Give God praise. Honor. Honor. I've learned one thing. is honor. What you attract or what you respect is what you attract. Let's stand this morning.
are, are you benefiting? Yeah. I still got time for you. You know when you stand, you still got another 20 minutes on your feet. <laughs> the scripture says, Ephesians 4.26, the scripture says, you can be angry. Be angry. But know how to channel your anger. Be angry. But please don't sin. What does it say? Let's read it out. How many hours do I have to sort it, sort it out? Some of you are saying, I don't know whether it's a sunny day or a dull day. <laughs> you have about 12 hours. You have about 12 hours. I'm talking about in your family. In your family, you have about 12 hours to sort it out. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. If you keep it there, let's say Letitia, I can use you safely. Come here. <laughs> let's assume that I have an issue or she has an issue with me. How many hours do you have to sort it out with me? If you don't, you place an invisible barrier or an invisible edge that separates me from you. And each hour that goes by, instead of drawing closer as a family, each hour is going to separate us further. So either me or uh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. And we, we don't leave an open door for attack. Beloved, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in love and in unity. Thank you. Let's keep the pictures. Are we together this morning? And so my note ends with this. For all the families that are inside of struggle, the purpose of battle is peace. The purpose of fighting is not to remain in discontent, but you fight. But when we're done with the board game, when we're done with Monopoly, when we're done with Scrabble, when the score is taken, the purpose was to enjoy ourselves. Even through the fight, the purpose of battle should still be peace. Are we together this morning? Peace is the, is, is the ultimate. Now, some of you have been having some problems with your, let's say your wife. And this problem is going on for seven days now. It's too long. Seven days is too long. Never withhold the person you should be over something that used to be. That's a good note. Never withhold the wife you should be over the trouble that used to be. 